All Flex No Dex is an adult podcast. If you compared us to movie ratings, we'd be rated R. See episode notes for details. Hey there, everyone, and welcome to All Flex No Dex, an actual play D&D podcast. Today, we're back in Appia with our intrepid band of adventurers. They traverse the Valley of the Sunrise in search of the shards of Tiamat, this time underground. With us today, we have Nicole. Hi, everybody. This is Nicole. And today I'm playing Dinsbeat, the gnome wizard. And we have Hannah. Hi, I'm Hannah. I play Zenazeri, the dragonborn blood hunter. And Zach. Hi, everybody. I'm Zach, and I'm playing Dandelion, the lightfoot halfling bard. Last time in Epia, the party found that Dandy had followed them instead of staying with the clan. Staying in the clan was too boring, and the better story was going to be with the party. Damon disapproved, and what well, with not having contact with the clan anymore, but there's nothing to do about it now. The party rested, and in the morning decided on splitting their forces. Damon would stay with the mounts, while Zenazeri, Dinsby, and Dandy investigated the mound. As the party approached the blackened mound, they found a door of Havling Make. Zenazeri opened it up, and they found an eccentric deep dragon who wasn't too fond of trespassers. Instead of looking for a fight, though, the dragon, named Golem, saw an opportunity to sate its curiosity. They offered a job for a reward. Go discover what lived in the underground lake, if anything, and tell them about it. It's several days underground, and it would give them, and he would give them something as a reward. Emphasis on something, and it sounded like maybe he knew the whereabouts of a shard of Tiamat. The party agreed and made their first trip into the Underdark. After several hours of travel, they ran to a nervous and wary deep gnome named Flazanzo, the Wunchu. Sad, hungry, and lonely, he offers to trade the com- uh, trade with the company for food. And that is where we are now. Like I was saying earlier, Flazenzo uh, had a javelin of lightning, a javelin plus one, uh, a drift globe, and a bag of holding and a bag of safe places. And he was elaborating that the bag of safe places he didn't really trust, uh, stating that it's you didn't always get to pull out what you originally put in. And sometimes it was good. Sometimes it's something bad that you pull out. It's whatever has been placed inside the bag gets randomly pulled out. What about the globe? What's the globe? A drift globe. It's like a portable flashlight kind of. Um, you can speak. Uh, it says once. Uh, yeah, so this small sphere of thick glass weighs a pound. If you are within 60 feet, you can speak its command word and cause it to emanate the light of uh, emanate the light or daylight spell. Once used, a daylight effect can be used again until next dawn. You can speak another command word as an action to make the illuminated globe rise into the air and float no more than five feet off the ground. The globe hovers in this way until you or another creature grasps it. If you move more than 60 feet from the hovering globe, it follows you. Uh, it takes the shortest route to do so. If prevented from moving, the globe sinks gently to the ground and becomes inactive, and its light winks out. Dinsbeat will translate all of this and ask if anybody is interested in anything. Uh, yes. Dandy is interested in the, the sack for sure, the one that he doesn't seem to like. Oh, the sack of safe places? Yes. Or safe spaces? <laughs> It's safe. It's yes. safe places. Um, I will ask Flavonzo what he's hoping to get besides food. I already know he wants food. Flavonzo needs healing potions. How many healing potions do you want for the sack of safe spaces? Flavonzo wants one potion. Greater healing. Uh, DM, remind me what how many dice the potion of greater healing does. Uh, Forty-four plus four. Okay. Uh, the bag is an uncommon item, 
So you could do straight across trading. If you have an uncommon item, he'll trade for another un uncommon, which are the green ones in your inventory. Will he give me it for three potions of healing? Just the standard potion of healing. Uh, roll a persuasion check. Ooh, nine. It was a low DC because he doesn't like the bag. Lazanzo accepts. Okay, so Dinsbeet is going to pull his robe around him and start like looking at all of these patches that are on it until he finds three patches that look like little teeny healing potions. And he's going to rip them off one by one and set them down on the ground in front of Flazonzo. And as he sets them down, they kind of poof into real healing potions. When they poop Flazonzo, uh, he kind of ah. like pokes the bottles and then he, he scoops them up and, and uh, tosses you the bag of safe places. Uh, whoever wants that, uh, go ahead and add it to your inventory. I'll hand it to Dandy. Woo! Uh, Zenazeri, was there anything of his that you're interested in? Not at this time, thank you. Okay. Dinsby really wants that bag of holding. Okay. Let me see here. What was his name again? Flazonzo the One Shoe. I'd like to relay the question. Does he have anything broken or something that could use repair? Uh, that's non-magical. Have I'll translate. Okay, uh, having it translated. Uh, his his clothes and boots are pretty much tatters. And his standard backpack's all fucked up too. So, I if you wanted to repair and mend all this clothing and whatnot, he would be appreciative of that. Of course, but for a trade. If you guys want to trade that plus some food, he'll give you the bag of holding. I have a um, bead of nourishment and a bead of refreshment that I could give him. So the bead of nourishment is a small gelatinous bead that when you put it on your tongue, dissolves and provides as much nourishment as one full day of rations. And then the bead of refreshment is um, a small gelatinous bead that dissolves in liquid and transforms up to a pint of liquid into fresh, cold drinking water. Uh, he will happily take this trade. So add a bag of holding to your inventory. And uh, consider this a short rest if you guys needed one. Um, I can cast Mending at will. Okay. So I will ask for his non-magical items and begin mending them for him. Uh, once this is translated to him, he looks at you suspiciously, but he does get fully nude in front of you and uh, hands you all of his clothing. Huh. Right. That is never leaving my mind. <laughs> uh, yeah. So you, you easily mend up all of his clothing and his gear and um, I presume hand it back to him. Yes. And uh, he gets dressed and he seems seems happy with the, the trade. Uh, after an hour of resting and doing some trade and some light conversation, uh, you get this feeling Flazenzo was magically ported here somehow. Why do we get that feeling? Just the, the way he's talking, it sounds like he came from like a village or a large community and he has no idea where he's at now. And just from looking at him that uh, you can tell Dinsby because you're also a gnome, you can tell age wrinkles and whatnot easier because, you know, he grew up with gnomes. Uh, he's, you know, he's been around for a while, so it wouldn't make sense if he's used to traveling if he didn't know these tunnels. And he doesn't. He has no idea where he's at. Okay. Uh, Flazonzo, do you want to travel with us? Mm. He thinks about it for a minute. No. 
Flazonzo appreciates your company, but Flazonzo must find his way home. Do you know where home is? No. Flazonzo will find it, though. And he pulls out the stone, and he kind of rubs it, and it looks like it has a halfling's foot on it, and it glows a little bit when he rubs it. Flazonzo has lucky stone. Flazonzo will find his way. All right. I can respect that. Do I recognize the symbol on the stone? I uh, can roll the religion check. I doubt it. I got a nine. DC was low because of your family heritage and connected with the Oakley family. This is, uh, it was a small halfling footprint on it, which is a symbol of Brandabaris. Um, it's likely a luck stone. I was going to ask this too. How many of the sending stones does Dandy have on him? You only have the one set, the one that you have. And it's compatriot, which Damon has. Speaking of which, it starts glowing. And you hear Damon... Oh, no, you wouldn't, you wouldn't hear until you activate it. But uh, the stone kind of, like, vibrates in your pocket. Like, your phone's on silent and it's vibrating. <laughs> you, can, you can see a, a glow coming from your pocket. I uh, hold it up to my ear. Uh, you press your thumb on the little rune that's there. And it glows. And you can hear Damon on the other end... Uh, begin to speak. Dandy, are you guys still alive? It's been hours since I've heard from you. What's going on? If you want to reply, remember, you only get 25 words. Yes, yes, we're alive. Following a lead for a stone of Tiamat. And I'll send it to him. <laughs> Beautiful. You only use the sanding stone once a day, so. <laughs> yep. Uh, that'll make Damon happy. Um, Felizonzo at the end of you know the the short rest, and he immediately eats the the little orb that you gave him, and um, he gathers up his stuff, and he's about ready to head out. Did you guys want to continue on too? Yes. Yep. So he doesn't like the bag of safe places, right? No, it stresses him out. I would like to reach in there and see what I can pull out. While we rest. Dandy, roll me a d6. Three. You reach out and you you pull your hand out. And something with like tiny little clawed hands. Uh, latch onto your hand, but lightly. And as you pull your hand out, uh, out with your hand comes a tiny red dragon. Its scales look like tea, though. Like tea leaves of the uh, Ruibos. I'm not sure if I'm spelling or pronouncing that right, but the, the tea leaves, uh, Rubos, Rubos, but it's red, the little red dragon. And he has, he has a little collar around his neck and the tag says fire claw. Uh, shout out, shout out to, uh, Namo plays D and D on Twitter for that name. Uh, he is adorable. Oh my goodness. Immediately falls in love. He will die for this dragon. Uh, <laughs> uh, well, on your hand, you, you pull it up and everyone collectively goes, aww. And it goes, <laughs> I crawl back to it. Not like meanly, but like as a response. Uh, it, it snorts a little bit and uh, little tiny jets of flame come out of its nose. And you can, just can smell the aroma of tea. I put my hand out. I want to hold it. I. <laughs> Do you object, Dandy? <laughs> uh, I mean, as long as it sticks around me, that's fine. But yes, I'll let it go over to her. Okay, whoever wants it to be their little buddy, this is a, a little animal companion you can have. So add it to your extras. Uh, it's a tea dragon. Tea dragon. I want it, but uh, <laughs> Dandy's the one that pulled it out, so I guess. Yeah, Dandy traded for it. Well, actually, I traded for it. But... Well, Dandy had the balls to put his hand in. <laughs> T-Dragon? T-E-A Dragon. Awesome. Don't worry, everybody will get to go ahead and play with it. <laughs> I want it to travel on my shoulder. <laughs> when, when we're in a safer location, yes. Where are you going to put it? Back in the bag? That's where it was before. But if you put it back 
might not get it back. The whole thing is if you put something in it, you might not get it back. You just pull something else out. So well, you yeah. might screw. Don't put it back in the bag. Uh, Tony, do I know how the bag works? Uh, no more than what Flonzo said. Even with rest or identify? It's literally what Flonzo said. He figured it out on the nose. It's whatever you, it operates exactly like a bag of holding, except you can't pull out what you want out of it. It's something random every time. And if you turn it upside down and empty the contents, like a bag of holding, everything will spill out. When we're resting, I would, I'll let you go ahead and have the dragon up on your shoulder. But when we're on the move, I'd rather one of the smaller folk hold on to it so that way it's better hidden, less danger. Zenazari is the one that does go up into danger face on, so. Yes, I I nod my head proudly, agreeing. (laughs) Yes. Uh, Lizanzo starts wandering off. Uh, do you pull, try to pull anything else from the bag? I think Zen's going to try to because she's very intrigued because a small baby dragon came out. She's going to say, assuming baby dragon, just because she's obsessed <laughs> with children. All right. So roll a d6. I'm terrified. Yeah. Five. Uh, you reach in and you find something. You, you grasp onto something that's cold and bumpy. And you pull it out, and it looks like a squat zucchini, but it's made of metal with a metal pin on the top. A metal pin? Yeah. Uh, Dandy, you said casting identify. Can you cast identify? Yes. Do you want to cast it as a ritual to identify this? Uh, yes, I will do that. Okay, that takes a couple of minutes as he's casting. Do you guys just wait for him to finish, or does somebody else want to pull from the back? I'm good. I'll just keep pulling from the bag. <laughs> this is interesting. I'll wait till he's done, though. I want to see what this is. We have a job to do. <laughs> okay. We're resting. It's fine. Well, this is at the end of the rest by now. Okay. Well, <laughs> next rest. Okay. Well, uh, you finish the ritual and cast. And Dandy, this is a grenade of many things. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> I have too much anxiety now. <laughs> um, can I hold it while he identifies it? But yeah, you can hold it. Okay, I'm still holding it. So all I'm getting is his face reaction because he hasn't said anything yet. So uh, explain. None of you know what a grenade is. Dandy, you just know that's the name of it. Yeah. And uh, the class of magic it is, don't I? Yeah, you know this is a chaos item. <laughs> I alert her to this. It, it's uh, most likely a uh, some sort of throwing weapon. Ooh. Uh, Hannah, go ahead and add grenade of many things to your inventory. Okay. All right, it's added. I am ready. Okay. Uh, are you guys going to keep pulling from the bag? Uh, I feel like we should get a move on. Yeah, we... Um, uh, Zenazaria will say... Uh, I'd like to continue this later, but we must move. Yes, agreed. All right. See you guys. Ben, can I climb back up on your shoulder? Yes. Push the little dragon off. (laughs) I can put on the other shoulder. (laughs) And reach around the back of her neck and pet the little tea dragon. Uh, It doesn't speak like most other dragon races that you've encountered. Uh, but it purrs like a kind of like a cat. And, um, <laughs> and whenever you pet it, the aroma of tea is released, kind of like you're, you're stirring a fresh brew uh, cup of tea. I'll, I nuzzle my uh, uh, muzzle into the side of it like, um, like, I don't know, a dog would do to their baby, like just saying, like, I'm right here, and just breathe in the tea smell <laughs> as I walk. And then focus back onto not walking into something like a wall. Right. <laughs> <laughs> um, you guys walk for hours more. Uh, you kind of lose track of time, but you're assuming it's probably nighttime on the surface. Uh, 
you feel like it'd be about time to take a long rest. You guys want to set up camp in one of these little alcoves that you pass? Probably be best. As long as we can find one that doesn't have any other entrances or exits. Why don't you guys roll me a, a investigation check? Either you each can roll it or one of you can roll it with the help action. Um, I have a plus two for investigate. Anybody better than that? Four. Five. Okay. I'll give the help action to Zanazari then. Okay. 24. And you find, uh, travel a little bit farther down once you guys decide it's time to call it quits for the day. Um, and on your left, there's another tunnel that's fairly wide, probably about four feet wide and six feet high. Uh, but it does end as a cave, and it doesn't look like there's any other exits. It's all smooth stone. Okay, so I would definitely have to get off of Zen's shoulders and let her duck down to get under here. Yeah. And since it's short, I'm just going to like sit once we're far enough into where everyone wants to make camp. All right, so you guys throw out your bedrolls and get set up. Uh, who's doing what watches? I could do the first watch. Ben's feet will take last again. And that leaves Dandy for second. Okay. Uh, you guys all try to drift off and sleep. Um, not easily. I'm going to say all three of you, this is it's hard stone and an unfamiliar place. You can feel the walls like pressing in on you. Uh, almost a little bit of claustrophobia kind of pressing in. You guys have been traveling for hours, almost an entire day traveling deep underground. Um, you guys can't help but feel like, you know, at any moment, the everything could just collapse in on you and bury you and you're dead. Uh, that's, it's very unsettling feeling being down here for the first time. Uh, it makes for a very restless night. Uh, Zenazari, as you sit there kind of hunched and sitting, um, do you do anything special for your watch to pass the time? No, I mostly just sit there staring at the bag because I want to pull more items out of it because I'm fascinated by it. It is tucked up under Dandy's arm, but you're more than welcome to try to pull something. I'd rather wait to ask. Okay. Um, so Dandy is sleeping with Fireclaw. Do you try to get Fireclaw's attention? Is Fireclaw awake or asleep? If you're moving about, he'll wake up. Yeah. I ask because I feel like there's this uh, kind of like different owners with one pet and you're trying to get the pet to like you more so it spends more time with you. <laughs> yeah. <and> I <laughs> definitely, uh, um, definitely try to get its attention to come over to me. It lazily looks, uh, lifts its head up to look at you. Why don't you roll me a animal handling check? I knew that was coming. Dun, 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 natural 20. <laughs> uh, it, it slowly gets up and kind of shudders a little bit and uh, meanders on over to you and sits in your lap. I, I huddle it to try to keep it warm because it looks cold and I just slowly pet it with my fingers, my claws, making sure I don't scratch it. <laughs> uh, and not as windy, but I hum. <laughs> you guys uh, spend the rest of your watch uh, cuddled up to each other and you happily stroke your uh, tea dragon or Dandy's tea dragon for now. Dandy. <laughs> uh, <laughs> it is now your watch. You wake up on your own since Zenazari is busy with the tea dragon and loses track of time. Uh, uh. Hey. Uh, all right, fine then. I'm trying to steal my dragon, I see. I see that he's awake. I look at him and then I roll over towards the wall to make like, um, make like a little cove and have the tea dragon in. And I rotate my head over and I like sniff at him or like whatever. Like I, go, yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Snort <laughs> at him. Like yeah, I snort at him and then I put my head back and I put my head next to the tea dragons and I just sleep. In a little, um, the what is that position called? Fetal. Yeah, in a fetal position. There we go. With the wall where my uh, <laughs> ease would be, <laughs> and that goes like. 
So Dandy, you've effectively lost your dragon. <laughs> I, I'll have to get it back later. <laughs> uh, it is your watch. What are you doing for your watch? Um, I'm a little bit jealous, but I know that I'm. I'll have my chance to go ahead and get the dragon over to me. After all, I am safe and quite charming. I'll go ahead. Uh, start reading one of my books aloud. Aloud. Yeah, not uh, not boomingly, not yelling the books aloud, but I'll read it so that the party can hear if they choose to wake up or stay awake instead of sleep. Okay, so you're reading your books during your watch. Um, eventually, it comes to Dinsby's watch. Dinsby, you wake up and you hear you hear Dandy reading something aloud. Uh, Dandy, which book are you reading? I've been waiting for this. <laughs> I'm reading The Stone Underfoot. Would you like a description of this book? Oh, yeah. Do tell us what uh, Dinsby hears you reading aloud. It's a first-person novel about a submissive dwarf named Stone and his masochistic relationship with a halfling dominatrix named Footsie. See, that's what you wake up to, Dinsby. <laughs> Dinsby is going to look at Dandy, uh, wait just like a few seconds to make sure that he's not dreaming, <laughs> and um, wait for a pause in the monologue and be like, wow, that is that's a very interesting choice of books to read, especially aloud props to you dandy <laughs> great reading skills dandy will uh corner tag his page to save his spot and say uh i'll read more to you later if you'd like sure sure <laughs> uh then dandy will curl up in his rucksack and uh go to sleep uh, Dinsby, do you do anything special for your watch? I. What supplies does it take to copy spells from scrolls into my spell book? Uh, the way that I was doing this just for the sake of ease is that it's not going to cost you any supplies. I'm just mitigating it because this particular area of Epia, this valley, is so high potency in magic. You just copy it over. As long as you have a spell book... You copy the writings over and then practice it a couple of times with what you have on hand. And uh, I just wanted to make it easy for game mechanics. I'm not worried about the price for spell components. So as long as you spend the adequate time to learn that proper spell, then you can do it. But from scroll to spell book, you need to make an arcana check. Okay, and what happens if I flub it? Uh, you write it down improperly, and the spell is shenanigans, and the scroll's used up regardless. Oh, this, so the scroll gets used up when I copy yes. it? Yes. Because in, in um, order to translate it over, you're essentially reading it. So upon reading the scroll, it will use the scroll up. Oh, okay. But if you fail the arcana check, you misspell one of the arcane words or don't give the right flick of your, your quill and uh, it's rubbish and not usable. I want to, and is it an hour per spell level? Is that what it is? Uh, no, it's, I think it's two hours plus the uh, level of the spell. So okay. minimum two hours. So I'd like to try and copy over a mage hand to my spell book because I have a scroll of mage hand. Okay. So with it being a cantrip, it's level zero. So the DC is 10. DC 10. Okay. And it is a conjuration spell, not transmutation. I know. I don't get that bonus. Hey, so that's a 19. So you successfully transfer over mage hand to your spell book. Congratulations. We Thank you. So I get rid of the scroll, and now I have Mage Hand as a castable spell in my book. Yes, ma'am. Okay. 
And that being two hours, do I have a time for another one? I, uh, yeah, sure. You'd, you'd be finishing up as it's time for everyone to wake up. I'll allow it. <laughs> then let's try create bonfire. Which is also a cantrip, right? I'm unsure on that one. It is a cantrip. Okay. School conjuration. So another full two hours, DC 10, you said? Yep. And that's a 16. So you've successfully created or uh, copied over create bonfire. Awesome. Thank you. Uh, as you finish that up, you're, you're aware you probably should wake everybody up and get moving again. Uh, I will do as that crosses your mind, you notice in Dandy's pocket uh, is vibrating incessantly. Um, I'll wake him up first and let him know that his pocket is vibrating, although I'm sure he feels it. Huh. 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 thought I felt something. All right. Yeah, your sending stone is going off. I will uh, press the button. Uh, it's Damon again. Um, very agitated. <laughs> Dandy, what is going on? Now it's a full day, and I'm out here with the mounts. Nothing's happened. There's no word from you guys. Where are you? Where are you going? I uh, press the stone and say, I told you, we are following a lead. Going to the Underdark will be a few days. <laughs> he can't reply back. Hey, he got his... So, um, time to move on. Zenazari, why don't you roll me a d6 for day two in the Underdark? Oh, Zenazari's awake. Okay. Dun, dun, dun. Yeah, you guys all wake up and you gather up your things and you prepare to continue on unless there's something else you want to do. I'm just boarding the baby tea dragon. I forgot the name already. God, I'm so bad. Um, you forgot its name? <laughs> my character knows. I just forgot personally. I'm bad with names. Okay. Fireclaw. Uh, there we go. Uh, trying to keep Fireclaw up on my shoulder because I'm hoarding Fireclaw away from Dandy. I feel kind of bad about it, but then I'm kind of like, my child <laughs> <laughs> and i got a uh five for my role you goes on you guys get deeper into the underdark uh day two a couple hours into your your morning you presume uh the cave opens up there's a there's an entrance you can see that it opens up ahead of you and you as you walk out you realize this is a massive cavern. Uh, you can't see the outer walls of this cavern, nor can you see down below as you're on this very narrow earthen bridge that spans across this open area. You guys are wandering and on the far walls and on the ceiling, you can see small dots of light, like growing fung uh, glowing fungus up there. And... Uh, there's no wind, just eerily quiet. And you guys keep on marching. You guys get to the other end. Uh, it's probably a good half mile. It is a massive opening. And this earthen bridge that you're on, it's probably five or six feet wide. Uh, seems sturdy. You don't know what creaking stone would sound like, but it's not creaking. Uh, but it is kind of angled downwards. You're still traveling down and you get to the other end and back to a normal cave. It's about 10 feet high and seven ish feet wide and travel for hours more, but you don't find uh, anything to accost you or anything of else of interest. You get to a point where you're tired enough. You feel like you should probably rest for the day. Um, so why don't you give me an investigation check to find another little alcove? I'll give a help action to Zen. Uh, dirty 20. Uh, you find you find an alcove, but it's not as deep in as the previous one you guys slept in. 
uh, it's only like a couple of feet in. So part of your camp, like someone's feet might be out in the main tunnel. Uh, you guys aren't going to be able to get completely out of the tunnel, but this is the best that you can find here. Everything else seems to be branching off tunnels that go for God's know how far. This will have to do. Yeah. Um, Zen will sit closest to the um, entrance of the side tunnel. Okay. So more protection for the other two. Okay. Uh, same watches? Yeah, but I want to ask uh, Dandy if I can pull from his bag again. Um, so Zen will kind of um, tap his shoulder and be like, can I try your magic bag? Dandy goes ahead and uh, <clears throat> tries to call over the, the baby dragon fire call. Uh, roll me an animal handling check. That is a 13. You try calling it over. Uh, it fully ignores you. Dandy reaches into the bag while staring at Zenazari. <laughs> I would look. Zenazari was about to look sad, but then it had the proudest grin on her face because the baby stayed. Roll me a D4, Dandy. Two. Two? Yeah. Oh my. Oh god. Uh, so you, you reach in and uh, you feel something bristling and pokey. Uh, kind of like you grab the back of a fish with spines, uh, just not slimy. And you begin to pull it out and it starts to thrash and try to like wiggle out of your hands and up out of the bag that blows your hand back in a uh, a spined devil climbs out of the bag I need everyone to roll initiative oh man got an 18 22 12 for density all right start of the, uh, start of the top of the round is Zenazari uh, this spined devil just came crawling out of the bag, pissed off, and looking to eat dandelion. Can we get a description of a spined devil? One moment. A spined devil is a small fiend. Uh, smaller than most other devils. Uh, has uh, A spined devil's body and tail bristle with spines. And it has a barbed tail. It kind of flicks around like a pissed off cat. Uh, it has, it's kind of winged like a, uh, a large bat, but it has spines all over its head and spine, and it's all the way down its tail. And it has, it does, it is bipedal. It has little arms, and there's spines that run all along the back of its arm, all the way down to its hand. So, kind of a mix between a porcupine and a bat. Yeah. Okay. Um, With a long, spiky tail. Yes. Zen's gonna uh, take her scythe and kind of just bring it straight down on its body. Uh, roll to attack. 26. 26 definitely hits. Okay. And then seven damage. Okay. It's still alive. Okay. Um, no, that's it. Okay. Dandy, it's your turn. Dandy's going to try and uh, stab at it with his dagger. Okay. That's a 13 to hit. Is your dagger magical? Yes. Okay. Uh, 13 just hits. I do seven points of damage. All right. Still alive and pissed. It is very badly hurt, though. Do you want to do anything else? No. All right. And Dinsby, it is your turn. Y'all got initiative on it. Dinsbeat is going to cast a spell. Mind Sliver. I need an intelligence saving throw, please. Oh, my. 
Uh, he's not great at those. Good. Uh, it's going to be a three. That's going to be a fail. <laughs> Let's see. You're going to take two points of psychic damage. Two? Yes. And you're going to subtract a D4 from the next saving throw you make before the end of your next turn. All right. Anything else? No. Okay. Uh, its turn. It's going to do, it's going to flick its tail um, at Dandy and one time at Zenizari. It flicks its tail at you, and the little spines on its tail shoot out at you. Uh, Dandy does a 14 hit. No, it does not. And it turns and flicks its tail at Zenizari, and I'm going to assume a 21 hits. Jeez, yeah. It hits you for only three points of damage as a little needle stick into your skin. And then the needles burst in the flames, and you take five points of fire damage. So five plus three. And then it tries to fly out. Um, you guys would get attack of opportunity, but it has an ability called flyby. It does not provoke attack of opportunity when it flies out of an enemy's reach. And it hauls ass and flies out of the cave and farther down. Uh, Zenizari, it is now your turn. You're going to let it go or follow? No, I'm just going to ignore it. Dandy? Is Fireclaw okay? <laughs> Fireclaw is fine. Okay. Fireclaw retreated um, behind my neck into my hair to hide. <laughs> um, you said that it's out of reach. Does that mean that it's not within 30 feet? I... It went outside the alcove and flew away. So if you want to go out into the open and go look, you can. Nope. I uh, hold the bag to Zenazari. Be like, your turn. I signed that because I am definitely going to. <laughs> You're going to pull? Yeah, whenever the initiative is over. Uh, we're in free play now. Oh, okay, then yeah. Oh, can I not try to attack it again? Oh, I'm sorry. Uh, Dinsby, are you going to do anything? Yes. Uh, stepping out into the open, you see that it's 40 feet away. Okay. I'm going to cast a spell called Catapult. <laughs> All right. <laughs> and I'm going to be using a vial of acid in my Catapult spell. Okay. I need a dex saving throw from your creature, please. And remember that he gets a minus one d4 to whatever he rolls. Yes. Uh, he gets advantage because he has magical resistance, but he'll get that d4. And it's a dex? Yes. Um, he gets advantage against something non-magical hitting him. The devil has advantage on saving throws against spells and other magical effects. Catapult is a spell. Right. But catapult is, the spell is hurling a non-magical item. Then the spell itself does damage, correct? No. It's just hurling a non-magical item? Yes. Okay. Then, uh, then he won't get advantage on it. Okay. Go for it. Okay. And that is three off of it, so his save is 12. Okay, that is the save. Okay, so then he just saves. Okay, so let me see what happens if it doesn't hit him. So he's out in the open, right? Yes. Is he over empty space? He is flying, so yes. Okay, then it just go sailing past him. Okay. And it splashes against one of the walls and uh, erodes the side of the, the cave. And he dashes and disappears into the darkness. Okay. Uh, meanwhile, behind you, Zenazari, roll me a d6 to see what you pull out. Dun, dun, dun. 
four. My favorite number. Shouldn't be. <laughs> I know. Dun, dun, dun. Uh, we'll just keep an initiative order because you pull out another monster. Woo! Uh, you reach in and you grab <laughs> the hold of something kind of squishy and rough. Kind of, It feels disgusting. And you start to pull it out and uh, it becomes easier to pull out because it's trying to come out. And out of the bag very quickly, a, uh, a zombie comes crawling out and, and pushes you back as it emerges from the, the sack. Uh, I'll say that that was your action to pull it out. If you want to do a bonus action, I'll allow it. Oh, I do not have a bonus action I can use. Um, I guess I'll just move. Can I move? Yes, but it'll get attack of opportunity on you. Because you'd have to move out into the uh, out into the uh, main cave, and there isn't enough space for you to effectively fight and move around it without being attacked in the alcove. Gotcha. Um, then I will just be shocked. <laughs> <laughs> okay, dandy. Uh, you just watched Zenazari pull a zombie from the bag now. So as it's crawling out, can I just go ahead and like pull the bag back up around it? It would be a contested check. Be like a grapple check or a shove. Yeah, I'll try to kick it back in. Okay, so it's an opposed, uh, it'd be a shove attack. So roll an athletics. That's a 17. It rolled an eight. So <laughs> you you push it back into the hole. And it starts to come out, you're like, no, no, no. And you push it back in. Um, I'm assuming you close up the flap and don't pull from it anymore. Not. Yep. Yeah. Is that a no? No. I, I said I'm not pulling from it anymore. Okay. Uh, as you close the flap back over it, uh, Dinsby comes back to the alcove and well, <laughs> that, or, I'm sorry, uh, you come back to the alcove, Dinsby, and uh, you see uh, Dandy Hurriedly close the flap over the bag. I uh, I don't see what just happened with the zombie. No. <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, it got away, guys. I almost had it. Good try. Uh, I'm sure it'll get lost down here. Well, hopefully it doesn't cause too much trouble. Nah, what's the worst that can happen? It grows into a big giant demon someday. <laughs> and it'll love us for bringing us to such a hospitable home. Totally. All right, so begin your long rest. Yep. yep. Okay. Uh, Zenazari, uh, you are on watch first. Is there anything particular you do on your watch? I will take out my chest set and set it up and kind of like try and teach little baby how to play chess and like just move the pieces around and I imagine that it's trying to like just it doesn't know what's happening but it's just pushing the pieces with its head and like walking across the board and I'm just entertained but speaking of which go ahead and add to your extras tea dragon yay <laughs> okay <laughs> Um, are you trying to use the ability of your chest set? No. Okay. So you spend the rest of your watch uh, playing with the dragon, and it moves the pieces around because it's not a, it's not an animal intelligence, but it's it doesn't know what chess is, so it has no idea what's happening. Uh, and it comes up to Dandy's watch. You wake him up and get him prepared. Dandy, what are you doing for your watch? Dandy's a little bit more on edge now that there's a demon that may come back. But my dagger will is a dagger of warning, so it will let me know if anything comes up. So he'll go ahead and sit back. Nobody did anybody get hurt during this? Yes. Uh, Zenazari got hurt. But our rest should go ahead and Heal yeah. her. Okay. Um, then I'll just go ahead and read my book again. Uh, same book? Yeah. I'm, I'm assuming it'll take a while to finish 
each book in my series. So your watch comes and goes and Dinsby, you wake up to a chapter about heavy bondage and footsie doing some disturbing things with feet. Lovely. Just the way I want to wake up. (laughs) Should have heard the last chapter. I'm sure it was special. (laughs) Uh, Dandy crashes out and Dinsby, what are you doing for your watch? I'm going to copy another couple of scrolls into my spell book. Okay. Why don't you go ahead and roll those checks? Number one is the scroll message, a 12 on my arcana. There's a cantrip, so that passes, and that's transmutation. So it only takes you an hour to do. Oh, nice. And then Pasha's hideous laughter. That is a 19. That is a first level spell, so I'll take you three hours, and that's an enchantment. So that's four hours total so far. Would that may make me done? Uh, I'll allow one more. Um, silent image. That is a first level illusion, so that's another three hours. And that's a 14. Okay. You successfully get all these spells written down. Uh, you definitely go past the time where you probably should have woken everyone up, but you're busy. And they didn't wake up and nothing attacked you. So you feel validated. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. I'll wake everybody up when I'm done. And you guys begin to wake up and rouse. And Dandy's pocket, something that you've been trying to ignore, Dinsby, for the last hour, has been actively buzzing again. You can only imagine, Dandy, that it's Damon uh, once again not happy. And that's where we'll end tonight's episode. Thank you for staying tuned and listening to episode three, A Bag of Surprises. We appreciate every one of you for sticking around to the end of the episode. Please follow us on various social medias, rate us, review us, and stay tuned for the next epi coming out February 16th. Your rates and reviews help us a ton. And we'd love to hear more from you guys, what you like, what you dislike, what you'd like to see more of in our episodes. Or if you just want to drop a line and say what's up, I'm with Don for a chat. Voices you heard were as follows in this episode. Dinsby was voiced by Nicole. Zenazari by Hannah. Dandy Lion by Zachary Spangler. And our DM around the show was me, Tony Spangler. Catch y'all next time.